0: For over 400 years they've developed their own mysterious traditions. For over 400 years they've had a strict code of honor and unparalleled standards of respect. For over 400 years they have terrorized the streets of Japan. Now they want to control the city of Los Angeles, determined to leave their mark in blood Dolph Lundgren Brandon Lee Showdown in Little Tokyo I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare it was a defensive exercise yeah best defense is a good offense or is it the other
1: way around Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan and in this podcast I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring and welcome to Secret Defenders where I task my guests to defend their favourite movies that are underrated, infamous or obscure and I have a guest today who has the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man <laughs> It's Dan Kitos. He's back for Yakuza Month, and he's bringing us a showdown in Little Tokyo. Well, thanks. I,
0: I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's it. Just, just, just gingerly accept that compliment. And um... I think, I think we should the the right thing to do is to uh, oil up our toesos and. Um... <laughs> And get, ourse- and, and get ourselves on uh, an electrocution rack and just watch <laughs> our six-packs tense. Oh, my God.
1: That would be... That, I mean, that would be a dream. That would be a homoerotic dream. Because uh.
0: we're about to talk about a film that is deeply homoerotic, <laughs> um, uh, despite, you know, one of the main characters being a practicing heterosexual in the- <laughs> It is deeply homoerotic. Definitely. I mean, it's pure 90s.
1: Uzis and homoeroticism. (laughs) You you can't beat it. Just slam those two together and you've got a macho action flick. It has
0: Uzis and oozing of homoeroticism.
1: Well, welcome back Dan. I know it's been a while. It uh, has.
0: Thanks for uh, having me back on Prattle World. Oh, yeah. And thank uh, you for supplying uh, Lago, which mm. will be responsible for any slurring I do. I just, I just slur all the time even without the alcohol,
1: so. Um, but yeah, we are here to talk uh, showdown in Little Tokyo, which is the, the finale to my Yakuza month of uh, of Japanese-related organised crime. Uh, again, I'm not celebrating the actual crime or being part of Yakuza. I'm not going, yay, mafia stuff. Uh, it is purely the genre and its, its feature, the Yakuza featuring in fictional genre stuff. Uh, I didn't need to make that comment because somebody on my the Robocop stream I did with the attention-seeking geeks, Seem to think I was celebrating the mafia, and that is not the case.
0: <laughs> I think I think it's perfectly fine to to, to separate the uh, the aesthetics of. Uh, a trope from the moral implication. Like I remember um, uh, watching an interview with Tarantino after Reservoir Dogs came out, and uh, he was saying that uh, you know, like me liking violent films is a purely aesthetic thing. It's it's not. There's no moral connection mm. there for me. It's like me saying I like violent films is no different than you saying you like westerns or you like musicals. Yeah. So uh, or you like slapstick. So yeah. it's I it, I I think I think. We can separate the we two. We can, yeah, and uh, and and some of the best films ever made are <laughs> a crime, yeah, of related of some culture, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, true, uh, true. If, um, if, you, if you, if you, I mean, crime is the essence of crime is conflict, and if you remove conflict from narrative, then you're kind of stuck. Yeah, or you're going to have something incredibly tepid. Yes, um, but but I mean, Showdown in, in Little
1: Tokyo is not tepid in the least.
0: It's not. No, it's <laughs> it's a lot of things. <laughs> but Teppid is not one of
1: them Teppid is not one of them so shall we start by uh, as always I always ask uh, the guest to describe the plot of the film that we talk about or comic Um, so would you like to try and describe the plot as best you can for Showdown in Little Tokyo
0: okay so um, there is this white dude who is the best Japanese person ever (laughs) and he's played by the white saviouriest of white saviours Dolph Lundgren (laughs) Um, And he meets a half Japanese man who is so much worse at being Japanese than he is. He takes, he he like berates him at every possible opportunity. Um, And um, they're tracking down um, this uh, Yakuza um, drug dealer uh, guy from Japan who uh, killed uh, the main uh, character who is uh, Chris Kenner. Played by uh, Dolph Lundgren. And, and, and all action heroes should be called Chris. Uh, not played by people called Chris, as no. is uh, very much... On vogue at the minute, but oh, yes, a lot, be, lot of good Chris's. They about. should just be called Chris because Chris is clearly yeah. the most manly of names,
1: <laughs> and, and clearly, you know, he's called Kenner because he looks like an action figure.
0: Uh, yeah, and um, I and even though that line about having the biggest dick you've ever seen on a man, like it wouldn't surprise me if like Dolph Lundgren dropped his pants in this film and it was just completely like Ken doll smooth because. <laughs> it, He's so smooth and oily and hairless everywhere except his head. Obviously, he has. Of course, he has
1: a lot more hair than I do. anyway. And he
0: is—he is the most angular human being I've ever seen. He has just the most incredible jawline. It's—it's—it's it's, it's all right angles. Yeah, everywhere. But uh, yeah, and we because I mean I haven't seen this film since I was about fifteen, sixteen, and I used to watch it because um, I was very deep into martial arts at the time. I'm going on a massive tangent, but you go, should go. be used to that by now. Yeah, well,
1: um, welcome to the show this is this is what we do it's tangents
0: but because i was doing a lot of martial arts at the time i was deep into martial arts films because that's what i wanted to do you know Hmm. i I wanted to be uh i want i basically wanted to be um scott atkins (laughs) 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 but i was nowhere i I have never at any point in my life been as talented as he is (laughs) um but yeah i wanted to do like action films and i was always like why why are there no british british martial arts Films. Yeah. Why is it all like Cockney gangsters and heroin mm. addicts? You know, um, because but, that's England. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have. That's it. That's our main export.
0: But I remember, <laughs> I remember vividly um, watching this film, uh, having taped it from the uh, from the TV, which is what we did in the early nineties. Mm. Uh, and I remember just watching it and going over the fights and and, and this and rapid fire. Um, Which is another Brandon Lee film, Um, I I, I sort of watched obsessively. Um, And it was only, it's only like going back to it now that you realize both, like, wow, they were both really, really handsome men. (laughs) Like, incredibly handsome men. And obviously, uh, Tia Carrera is in it as well, who is is stunning. Um, But yeah, I was like, wow, these dudes look good. (laughs) Um, And um, the other thing I've noticed is, they're terrible, poli- like even by sort of 80s, 90s action movie standards, they are terrible police officers, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like, to, to paraphrase Hot Fuzz, I don't know how you could like rack up that level of carnage and mayhem and not have a considerable amount of paperwork to file <laughs> afterwards, but um, yeah, I so um, yeah, the the plot, um, so that's pretty much it. I mean. The, <laughs> <laughs> the elegance in this film is in its simplicity, and it's only 78 minutes long anyway, so you don't really have an awful lot of uh, of, uh, of time for much else. But yeah. um, basically... Um, the Japanese white guy um, <laughs> fights the Japanese Japanese guy um, in, 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 uh, it, well, and Well he's it, a it, Japanese white guy technically
1: who's <laughs> <laughs> played by a, Jap- uh, well, a Chinese white guy like it's a mixed race so Bradley's mixed race Chinese and Chinese uh, and, and white descent and he's playing a guy of Japanese and white descent which is probably not the most culturally sensitive thing uh, to put on film
0: Oh sorry by the Japanese Japanese guy I meant um, Carrie Oh sorry yeah sorry, sorry. Sorry, I, I always get this wrong. Kari Hiroki Hiro- Hiro-
1: Tagawa, I'm going to say. We'll, we'll say that. Could be pronouncing it wrong.
0: Kari Hiroyo- hiroyuki Tagawa.
1: There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, uh, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, yeah. <laughs> you see Mortal Kombat
0: at Shang Tsung. So from now on, I'm going to be referring to him as Shang Tsung. Uh, if, if that's insensitive... Um, it's just because I'm an idiot, not because <laughs> I don't appreciate the, the differences in Chinese and Japanese cultures. Thank you. Yes. No um, worries. So, yeah, he fights Shang Tsung. It culminates with um, um, Kendall. Uh, Kendall Kenner uh, (laughs) fighting Japanese Yakuza man with swords, which they take off passing samurai. I wish I was joking, but that's actually what happens. Um, who just happens to be rising back on, on horseback. I think they call it, it's, it's
1: during a parade and I think it's called, I think... Yoshida, who is is played by Shang Song, yes, um, that's the character he plays, and I think he calls it the Spring Moon Festival. I'm not sure if that's a real thing or not uh, for Japanese culture. I'm I could be wrong. I mean, a better podcast would research this, but we're, we're just
0: going to assume that it is a
1: thing. You know what? You you keep talking. I'll Google it.
0: Okay. So um, so yeah, and it culminates in a sword fight with uh with two presumably blunt katanas, um, but because Dolph Lundgren has superhuman strength, which we see multiple and we'll talk we'll talk about his many feats of superhuman strength in this film um that 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 don't just border on the physically impossible the, the the line of physical possibility is a dot to him. <laughs> um and he basically puts this blunt sword through him and it, it's it's that dodgy thing where it comes out a, a completely different angle on the other side but they try and cut round it with clever editing so you don't notice well spoilers uh <laughs> First of all. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a 90s action film. The bad guy dies at the end. Yeah, it's a pro- shocker. Shocker. Um, there but, are no post-credit scenes here, kids.
1: No, it's not It's not your universe building. It's not your versus, It's not your MCUs. Um, it is, if anything, death by Catherine Wheel um, <laughs> that, that Yoshida gets right
0: at the end. And there's so many people just standing around watching that shit. Yeah, they're loving it. <laughs> this they're... guy just impaled on a giant spinny firework thing and he just catches fire and he's Screaming in agony, everyone's just like, "Whoa, awesome!" And then they all bow to the white dude, which would not fly today. No, this is <laughs> I, I uh, imagine.
1: Yeah, this is probably not your uh, your um, you know your woke culture. Your twenty twenty in the twenty twenty one lens is probably not as uh, as culturally sensitive as it could have been.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of um, there are a lot of um, Chinese and uh, Filipino people playing mm. Japanese people. I don't, like, as a white dude, I'm just going to back up and say, like, I, I don't know how appropriate it is to be offended about that. Sure, yeah. My fiance is half Vietnamese and she doesn't appear to be... She's not all that bothered by it. What she said to me is like, it's like English people playing Scottish people. It's not really a... a yeah, thing. that's not really a... Yeah. However, mm. I would not wish to speak for anyone because I'm straight and white and in my 30s, so I'm like, you know... <laughs> everything <laughs> Same is for me. Same here, yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> We already get a lot, you know... I'm, I'm just going to back we're, away from it. If we're, you,
1: the, we're the Dolph Lundgren in this situation. Yeah. I, we, I mean, <laughs> to to we, we, Agree. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yes, um, there was definitely, you know, like you said, he's the most Japanese of, of Japanese men and shows up the Japanese men. Uh, and again, it, it's almost a little bit like when we watched, do you remember when we watched it, when we did Nerdify, the podcast that, that you hosted, and we did Iron Fist. Yes. And Iron Fist was the best white guy at being the best martial artist. <laughs> Kind of thing.
0: Except that he didn't bother to turn up for the training, so they just like cut cut around him and he just waved his arms around him.
1: (laughs) Apparently so, as as the recent uh, stunt choreographer revealed without naming names, but kind of said, Yeah, that wasn't really how we do things. But yeah, it's it's one of those. But we've got Shang Chi now, so so eyes off that. Eyes on Shang-Chi. Which
0: is, I know you've not seen it, but yeah. which is excellent and, oh, um, and transcendent in so many ways. Yeah. Wow. Really? And uh, yeah, it, and it, it's, I say this about everything, but it's top tier MCU for me. Huh? Absolutely. I'm I'm very, uh, not everything's been, again, sorry, yeah. one of my Dan tangents. Here we go. Not everything's 100% worked for me. Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't 100% work for me. Yeah. WandaVision. Yeah. Like seventy percent of One was amazing for me, mm. and then the other thirty percent was a bit. Yeah, meh. yeah. Um, Lo-
1: Loki wasn't wasn't a sell a sell for me. I yeah. have
0: only seen two episodes of Loki. It is one of the things I I am going to get around to. Yeah, um, but for me, Shang uh, Shang Shang Chi is top tier. For yes, me. Uh, great. Well, I, I'm I'm hopefully I might
1: I might because I've been meaning to see it all this week, but there's things have been getting in the way. But I think maybe Sunday, I think I'll go in. Partake get in Shang-Chi because uh, it does look really good, but showdown in Little Tokyo as oh yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're supposed to fleetingly talk about I know yeah. we'll fleetingly talk about that fleeting film because uh, again
0: it is it's like it's barely feature length. Well, yeah, and that that's something I only found out about today because we watched some documentaries about it in the, mm. like YouTube retrospectives. So Warner Brothers weren't happy with the uh, director's cut. And uh, cut it to shreds. I can't believe Warner Brothers would do such a thing. <laughs> that mean, is they're...
1: just so off-brand for them. No, they're usually so
0: sensitive <laughs> about the directors. And the... <laughs> so basically, hashtag release the uh, Markel Lester cut. Yes. I, I'm going to bang that drum on Twitter <laughs> until my fingers bleed now.
1: If, but, that, but if from, that footage exists, I want to see it. F-
0: well, from what I understand, it, it it does look like we missed some really good stuff. I do believe it? you've actually made notes about this. Yes, I do. You've prepared like a normal person. <laughs> I've just turned up, ate pizza, drank lager, and, um, mm. and said words. Um, so I did look up the Spring Moon Festival. It seems to be more of a, a Chinese
1: culture thing. Of course it does. Than a <laughs>
0: Japanese culture thing. <laughs> that, um, which is very, very on brand for this film yeah probably
1: <laughs> C- cultural mixing and insensitivity but yes I did make a note of some of the things that were because they're put.
0: clearly samurai in samurai armor yes with katanas
1: <laughs> yes so clearly <laughs> Chinese uh- <laughs> No. Jesus. Um, But the editor, Michael Elliott, um, this is uh, is totally off uh, IMDb. Uh, So he said, the scenes that were cut included a different introduction to Kenner, which is uh, Dolph Lundgren's character, if we haven't gone over that, "um, and his former partner, Yasuto. So. Oh,
0: that's right. Because yeah, he his partner died, and, and obviously because it's a buddy cop film, he's uh, he's viewed as a reckless, loose cannon by the higher ups, mm. and no one wants to work with him yeah. until. Um He he is uh, accosted by yakuza and ends up being a shootout. And then he meets his uh, his new partner Johnny Murata, played by the late great Brandon Lee. And uh, and then um, fighting and and mistaken identities and (laughs) it's a Marvel Marvel team up, isn't it? It's the Marvel team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: It's the classic like heroes have a misunderstanding then they realise they're on the same team then they get together um, but
0: yeah so now I really want an alternative cut of Avengers Endgame where <laughs> Tony Stark says to Steve Rogers that he's got the biggest dick <laughs> he's ever seen on a map I don't care how much money you have to pay Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans uh,
1: well I mean I mean, he he's a super soldier so I'm assuming he has a super soldier <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um,
0: this podcast has officially peaked. Yeah, this is it. It's not going to get
1: any better now. It's all downhill. Um, so there was more of the Nelson character, which I think is the commissioner, kind of a boss type character, I think. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with that. I mean, we could, we could again, do more research, but why not? We're here now. Uh, played by Ernie Lively, so look up your IMDb, but I'm pretty sure that's him. Uh, more dramatic scenes between Lundgren and Lee and a scene after the opening gunfight at the underground boxing match or kickboxing match where Kenneth's chewed out by superiors for all the mayhem he has caused, which is just this movie. Pure... I
0: mean, there is so much mayhem. Mayhem. They are they are not procedurally accurate in this film. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a there's a bit at the end where Brandon Lee's character knocks a guy into a vat of flammable liquid, and then drops a lighter in, like blowing up the whole place, and obviously him killing yeah. him almost, horribly, almost killing Brandon Lee himself, which, and, and and Kenner, you know, in, and Dolph Lundgren, in that which film. might be considered excessive force <laughs> in, that's, by that's the better... politically correct lobby. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's a better title for it. Excessive force. Uh, who knows? Apparently, it was going to be called the Yakuza. That was the original title, but then they settled on. Uh, but they they thought that felt a bit dark or a bit you know, a bit grim. Which you know, this film it kind of is. It yeah, there is a lot of like really dark, violent you know, beheadings and severing of arms and things. A lot of blood and and violence. And and the tone of it is very much like. Almost like a PG thirteen type film.
0: It's kind of at odds with itself, really, isn't it? I mean, and and uh, finding out that it was originally meant to be a more darker and serious film, and then Mark Lester, who directed Commando, got his hands on it, and it became much more sort of like self aware and tongue in cheek, like you know, it's Commando. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, What what is some Steen
1: Bennett? (laughs) (laughs) He's dead tired.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Oh, fuck me, what a film.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I seem to mention that in almost every podcast or YouTube video I've done recently. That is
0: the very definition of they don't make them like that anymore. Because Absolutely. there is
1: nothing like that in the in the current milieu, and you'll you'll never find it again. Never find that again, uh, for better or for worse. If they we don't make them like Commando,
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah, it it just seems really odd because there is this kind of like jokey kind of like there's a lot of slapsticky kind of like back and forth and kind of banter and stuff and and again the kind of homoeroticism as well that kind of jokey homoeroticism and and then all of a sudden it will just have a scene where it's just like like oh that's a that's a really that's a that's someone who's addicted to drugs having their head cut off while being molested
0: yeah well raped yeah yeah yeah. let's, yeah, let's go for it yeah let it for what, it. It, it yeah, call, it for what um, call it what it is yeah sure and uh yeah and and again like many films of that era um women are not generally well represented mm. there's the coroner uh, played by as you um, as you yeah. mentioned Will Smith's mum in Fresh Prince yeah Fresh Prince's mum who is who is who is really kind of the only character with agency in in the film which is a bit
1: yeah, yeah. And, she, and you see her for all of two minutes really um, she's the coroner and she mentions that um, that the the lady in question was beheaded they find the body and they said she would have been dead in two hours because she's she's been ingesting ice which is uh, apparently popular in Japan I don't know if that that's true, um, but I know in the in the early nineties there was this worry about ice, and it was a drug that never really kind of picked up. It was never really as as popular as as the the worry about it would be.
0: Is it not like crystal meth, or is it? I like mean, it, kind it, of
1: crystal it, meth? I think it was a form of crystal meth, right. but I think at the time it was not. Like, because I know that the writer of Captain America wrote a story called Streets of Poison. Yes. And he was, it was his idea was to kind of warn people about this drug and to almost like a PSA in a way, but not, not very bad. It's actually a really good story, uh, by Mark Groomwald, um, who was very influential in a lot of the, the Marvel TV shows at the moment. Uh, I did a Facebook post about it as well. Um, but he, he basically has Cap accidentally ingest ice, sends him mad, goes goes on a mental kind of rampage. And then um and then he has to have the super soldier serum removed from him because uh because it's like stuck on it or something okay. science that's science that's how it works yeah
0: um <laughs> it's like bonded to it
1: yeah, yeah sure so he has to have it removed from his body so he's like will i be a good enough captain america without having the super soldier serum uh and he is funnily enough because he's trained that much over the years yeah um and it's because g- great you've got like black widow versus uh, diamondback you've got dead of all this is captain america you've got bullseye versus crossbones and then the finale is the kingpin versus the red skull that's pretty awesome. It's pretty it's pretty sick for a 90s comic, but um but yeah, so it was like drugs are bad, right? <laughs> but there's a lot of entertainment here to be had anyway. Uh, while you're here, while we've got you, here's a message. But yeah, that's that's the only other time I've heard mention of Of it as ice, I think it's just a nickname for crystal meth, anyway. Yeah. But but I think in the early nineties, it didn't pick up as much as people predicted it would. Yeah. Um, But I think again, later on, obviously, Breaking Bad and all that,
0: I think crystal meth has 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 found its audience. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, And there's the the whole thing about how um, he's the front is that he he owns the brewery, and so they put all these drugs in beer, and they've just got this conveyor belt of drugs. (laughs) Which I'm sure is perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, of course. In a brewery. Random, just install this random conveyor belt yeah. and there'll be no inspections whatsoever.
1: I bet if you went to Foster's uh, or Carling, they would have a big...
0: <laughs> There's just a conveyor belt <laughs> a that's bear. not being used at all and just no one wants to talk
1: about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not right now. We're not going to talk about that. But that's that's for the nighttime staff.
0: That's for the for, for the night staff. Do, yeah. you want, do you want to hear a Dan tangent? Yes, please. So, um... You know I've been married and divorced, right? Yeah. So, um, so this was like 2009, early 2009. I went on my stag do in Bremen, which is where there is a, a big, uh, a big Bex Brewery. Oh, okay. And appara- and they like are meant to have an amazing like brewery tour, like you know Willy Wonka of beer kind of tour. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we so we very hungover dragged ourselves to this tour. And it turned out we'd missed it, basically. And it was like, you know the episode of The Simpsons where um, Bart goes to the offices of Mad Magazine... And he gets turned away and he's just in this really sterile office and then a door swings open there's like crazy fun being had. <laughs> it was exactly like that. We just, so we got told basically to fuck off in this really sterile, oh, like we, could, no. we can fuck off to anywhere except the gift shop. Mm. Um, and we were in this really sterile office and then we just heard, this door just swung open there was just the, the sounds of raucous laughter and partying oh, no. on the other side. Oh uh.
1: no, I, I can't, I, I've never been to a Bexbury, but that does sound good.
0: I do like bags. So yeah, that's just a little insight into my uh my my tortured life. Sad and troubled life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Showdown in Little Tokyo is a film that we're talking about. We are, we are. We're trying to. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um so, I'm yeah. interested to know how much editing is gonna go on here because oh. um quite a lot of this is quite extraneous. Um we'll we'll see. We'll we'll certainly <laughs> we'll certainly see how much
1: editing I do. But I think uh, I think it should be should be fine. Here's an interesting fact about me. My sister apparently loves this film so much she can quote it. No way. Yeah. Awesome. Uh she said how much she I watched it last year uh for the first time because I was like, well, I now now I know I'm doing a yakuza month because all the fans voted for it. Yeah. All the Pratalian voted for it. So I was like, well, I've got to do my research. So this is this was actually one of the films I watched. And I and I said, you know, I said that I was watching it and she quoted it and I think it was I think it was probably the penis the penis line.
0: That is the like that is the <laughs> one that seems to uh to endure. And and it, it's it's incredible actually. I didn't know how much of a cult following this film had. And it's mm. really edifying because it was one that as a teenager i really really gravitated to
1: yeah i i I, I, that line as well for for what we know is was was re-edited so I, i in some in some versions i've heard it was supposed to be that's the biggest dick i've ever seen on a white man and then in other versions i've just heard that's the biggest dick i've ever seen and then for some reason they've got man at the end so i don't know if like because it's kind of it's kind of hinted or implied that maybe Brandon Lee's character is not necessarily straight. Yeah, maybe I think there seems to be a little a bit of you know like there's a lot of a lot of these kind of like you know um, kind of like uh, oh uh, what's the what's the one I'm thinking of um, hard boiled. There's a lot of kind of homoeroticism in that, yeah, yeah. but I think this is like the most. Ho- like apparent homoerotism, I've seen in like a proper macho early late eighties early nineties action flick. But I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, or maybe I mean, it's more I, of a bromance.
0: It's, I mean, it's he. I mean, if they if they were to please, please do Hollywood people, if yes. you're listening, which I can't imagine any reason why you wouldn't be. If you're looking for something to remake, yes. And you always are. Let's be honest. <laughs> the remake ideas of the well is run dry. Remake Showdown in Little Tokyo and make Johnny Murata an out gay character because I, he he does seem to be interested in women. Because there's a bit where they go into um, they go into a nightclub and there's people eating sushi off naked women, and he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. well, let's go and eat sushi off those naked chicks." Um, which is an actual line in the film that is that was the 90s, folks. <laughs> um, but but he does seem very interested in Kenner and very disappointed when he uh he hooks up with Tia Carrera's Yeah, character. he so, does. Um, so yeah, I by all means, yeah, give us a gay action hero, sure. like, in a in a buddy cop film. Why the fuck not?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done it. Before really, I'd like. I'm, I'm surprised even at this point, like that that you know the buddy action cop genre is not run that dry that they've gone okay straight guy, gay guy as a as a buddy cop thing. I'm not sure why, but there you are. But um, yeah, I absolutely would love to see that. But you I love could his... drag
0: that into five seasons of X Files esque. Will they? Won't they? Oh, well, is that would he be a good. bit curious? Yeah. At... Does he actually? Does he like women as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Um. So yeah, there's is, there is a bit of that kind of like I think you can read it however you want to read it. If you want yeah. to re- if you want to read it that he's like cuz they don't really like obviously a lot of scenes were cut like we've we've talked about. So you don't really get as much of a kind of like I don't like you. I don't trust you.
0: No, they you do know. seem like after that initial like for a car, they mm. do seem to, uh, to 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 bond pretty quickly. And I really like that actually like they yeah. I mean there's a bit of like it obviously he gives him a lot of shit about not being Japanese enough. Um <laughs> fine and uh, there's a whole thing about like um there's a there's a scene where he says uh, oh when did you start training and brandon lee's character's like oh since i was four and they said oh you should have started earlier that would have helped your form and it's like <laughs> really really bitch <laughs> And he says like I was four. There's nothing wrong with my phone. In,
1: in, in a weird way, I kind of I kind of like that they kind of flip it that the you know the the Dutch, you know, massive monster of a man is is like, you know, so ingrained with Japanese culture, speaks Japanese, knows the martial arts and stuff. There's there's something I kind of obviously it's problematic, but there's something I quite like that they kind of flip the the obvious scripts like, you know, there's this, you know, stoic, quiet Hero, yeah, and then you have the kind of fast-talking, jokey kind of, you know, um, half-Japanese guy who who you would expect to be the stoic kind of z- yeah. very Tao, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Because that I- was, I mean, if you go back to like the 70 stuff and yeah. uh, the David Carradine, who was white, yeah. Uh, wait, is he is he still alive?
1: No, he he died. No, yeah, it was it was, okay, a, it so was yeah. a erotic asphyxiation. He did auto erotic asphyxiation.
0: No, he went doing what he loved. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> So <laughs> and uh, uh so it's that whole thing of like the the Eastern mystic kind of mm. thing yeah uh, I, I like it it's kind of antithetical to that yeah. that's cool.
1: yeah, so um, it's kind it's kind of at the time that was those were the stereotypes yeah that, that was the problematic stuff
0: and interestingly, Brandon Lee was in the kung fu uh, pilot slash feature. Mm. Uh, where he fought David Carradine, and it's really awkward because Brandon Lee can actually do martial arts, and David Carradine couldn't. Nah. Did you hear what? Um. In fact, did you, know, you hear what Chuck Norris said about David Carradine?
1: No. What did he's, he say? He
0: said, "My acting is about as good as David Carradine's martial arts," <laughs> <laughs> which I I always kind of liked. I kind of I kind of appreciate that. I mean, he's know. very sort of like. Like, kind of like a little bit too conservative Christian, but like, yeah. <laughs> that that tickled me.
1: That's uh, that's that's Trick uh, Norris for you. But um,
0: but yeah, like there's there's a there's a
1: lot in this. And I think Brandon Lee. I think one of the best things in this, you know. Is is the chemistry between Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee? I think yeah, and I, th- and I, I think, think without that's... that, you've you've
0: not got much of a film. And that's something that like quite a lot of YouTube criticism was kind of dismissive of. But I think they're great together, and mm-hmm. uh, and and this because there are so many lines that would have been absolute clunkers in the Ooh. hands of lesser actors. Yeah, and, and we were saying before, like it's really weird how you've got two guys. Uh, who are both very cerebral, kind of sensitive actors. Um, you've got one who's got like a master's degree in biochemistry, mm-hmm. and the other who like wanted to be a serious actor and 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 who only sort of he, he was kind of he kind of snubbed his nose at action films a little bit, and only really yeah. stu- he he finally got to the point where he was like, okay, I'll do some action films to establish myself, and then make the transition into serious acting and. Obviously, as soon as he did that with the crow, mm. he didn't get to do any more, and yeah. it's, it's, it's horrible. But you can see his charisma there so much, yeah, so much charisma, and
1: the the just the like he just lights up the screen. Obviously, Dolph Lundgren is playing to type what he usually plays—the stoic kind of, you know, hard, cold, you know, tough guy. And uh, and Brandon Lee is just so good at this he steals the show I think Brandon Lee oh, yeah, more, totally. so, more so than Dolph Lundgren but I don't think Dolph Lundgren does a bad job I think he just matches yeah. what he needs to they do kind
0: of, they kind of Gary Stew, uh, Dolph Lundgren a little bit because he is amazing at everything yeah. and he can jump clean over a moving car karate kick it right Yeah, right and across it he, he can he can like bend steel with his bare legs Mo- uh, like lift a car and lift a car yeah <laughs> So uh yeah, that's the power of power <laughs> of Dolph? Eight. That's the power of the caucus, right? <laughs> do you have a do you have a favorite
1: action scene? Because it's it's chock full of ac- action scenes. Ooh. And it's like every five minutes there's pretty much an action sequence. Um, do you have do you have a particular favourite? Is it like the bathhouse?
0: Is it? Um... I do like the bathhouse. There's a bit in the um, oh, there's a bit that I really like in the there's a scene where they go into the club and everyone's eating sushi off the naked women mm. and they get accosted by a yakuza again. Mm. Uh, and there's a bit where he uh, he distracts the guys by throwing change in their face. Yeah, I really like that. And then he just jumps on the table and does a backwards somersault off it, which is slightly less snake like, congruous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i really i really like that fight uh and i really like the fight with uh the guy who plays tatsu in ninja turtles where he says you have the right to be dead yeah and, uh, and drops the lighter into the flammable liquid um it's it, oh it's all good it's all Do you know good what? It's revisiting it the the sword fight um at the end is more uh visceral and visually interesting than i remember it being as well Mm. Yeah, I, I love I love every
1: cut. You feel like every cut. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That Dolph Lundgren gets. Like, he's already been shot, by the way, at this point, and he's like, "You don't have the honor to fight like a real man."
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. Where he's pointing a gun right at the at the you know the 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 criminal who's been caught in many acts of crime, <laughs> and yeah. and 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 Chris Kenner is just like, "No, no, don't shoot him. That's not the honorable way. I've got to go and find a sword and confront him that way." And it's like. Mm. Again, not. I imagine. I've never worked in the police service, but no. I imagine it's not procedurally accurate. That probably not. No. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think many many police go up to someone with a katana and start
0: slicing and dicing. But they're just not as Japanese as Dolph Lundgren. So I mean, that's how, f- how are we meant to know? I mean,
1: who is as Japanese <laughs> as Dolph Literally Lundgren? Literally nobody. <laughs> nobody. This film proves it apparently. Um, but yeah, I I I think. I think I probably. I mean, there's, there's the shootout where he saves Tia Carrera's character, which I think is pretty good. Yes, and he goes into the house and yeah, flips the and that car. was that was
0: something that I I forgot. I forgot how good the gunplay section was. Cause that was all about the martial arts when oh, I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot how good the actual uh, gunfights were. <laughs> He's got this massive Desert Eagle as well, hasn't he? Oh my fuck! And there's a bit where he just walks straight through a window. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even. <laughs> Bitch, he doesn't even build up any momentum. He just walks right through that shit. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and psh! I will forever love Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's genius. He's absolutely genius. Mark Lester, who was the director. Release uh, the Lester Cut. Release the Lester Cut. Hashtag release the Lester Cut. Um he was not happy with what warner bros did like um you know he basically says that the film was taken off him yeah uh, and it was it was edited and cut again like i mean it, like we said it's barely feature length like that's Not that's close to the length of like like an animated movie more so than than a like theatrical release.
0: Although not that I'm advocating cutting a director's work to ribbons because obviously I'm a Zack Snyder's Justice League fan. Absolutely, Um, four hours, uh, uh, (laughs) four very happy hours for me. Um, Fifty percent of them were in slow motion, (laughs) but I'll take. Do you know what? (laughs) I'll take all of it. None, yeah. All of that slow motion is absolutely crucial to the uh, to the cool. to, to the atmosphere to the narrative. Of the yeah, well, cool. it's not no, that that's a whole other kettle of worms. Oh shit! And oh shit! I got on a very brief Dan tangent. But here we go. This whole like um, this whole arm of YouTube criticism, where if it if it doesn't directly contribute to the plot, it's mm. extraneous. I just I have fundamental disagreements about that. Okay. Frankly, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, as as much as I object to the fact that a director's work got taken off them and it was cut to ribbons, yeah. I'm also kind of impressed at how well it functions in spite mm. of that Yeah, and, I agree. and how much it manages to get done in so little time. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is due to the chemistry between the actors. Yeah, I, I think
1: there is something to be said for kind of... Uh, was it a narrative equity i I will call it i think i think economy yeah economy more that's probably the better word um yeah kind of narrative economy and and the brevity of it and uh the speed of of everything because it it never it never really stops for a moment no like you're always no there's i'm never at a point in this film where i'm bored like no like i'd argue it's not a great film but it's not a poor film either it's a fun dumb action film and it does all the it hits all the beats you want it to hit. it does all the things you want it to do it has the the bromance you know it has the the romance it has the action it has the 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 revenge story you've got like because Yoshida has killed Kenna's Parents. Um, oh, that's, yeah. He For was, some he, reason. He
0: was raised in Japan. He's not mm. like randomly massively yeah. into Japanese stuff.
1: He's yeah. not like most of the kind of the weeaboos or whatever you call them nowadays. Uh, Weaboos? <laughs> Weaboos. What's a weeaboo? I think it's like a, it's like an anime thing. I think it's like right. people that like anime. It sounds like a
0: virtual pet. You know what, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the, a, the, a, I might Google it. Ring.
1: I'm going to Google this as well, because every time I go to a convention, every time like I go to a a Comic-Con or something, somebody mentions like a Japanese phrase, and I'm like, I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> I have to look it up. A weeaboo sounds like something that's happened when I've had too much curry. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday night, and I've got to go for a run on the. I was right.
1: Night. No, I was right. A weaboo is someone who is obsessed with Japanese, Japan, Japanese culture or anime. There Fair enough. There we go. Weaboo. So I'm I'm teaching people linguistics. So he's not a weaboo. No,
0: he's he's just <laughs> yeah, an incredibly white him. Japanese man. Yeah.
1: He's just lit like there's a photo as well, you notice when he's like training and doing all of his stuff, his samurai stuff. And 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 one of all the photos of his family, until you get to the left hand side, it's just him in a Japanese orphanage by himself. Aww. It's really quite sad, really, quite tragic. And it's just like and obviously those are his like fondest memories. Um and obviously he scars Yoshida as well when he uh somehow he survive- it's very briefly shown how he you know he manages to cut him and then I don't know somehow escape Yoshida cause it's, yeah it, doesn't, it isn't really shown but I guess he's like oh you cut my face next time
0: yeah. <laughs> I'll get you next time <laughs> next time baby next time if only I had guns in the 70s yeah <laughs> Exactly, like how old is Yoshida in this? Because
1: because Dolph is like he must be like he looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah, like yeah,
0: like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, yeah. And you
1: think it, and like you know, unless unless you know, unless Yoshida's aged very well. Doesn't
0: he say like, oh, I picked up my father's sword, and I was yeah. like, you, what you didn't have a gun? What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been Just an Uzi. Carried a sword
0: round. Was this normal? I
1: picked it up, <laughs> and this is what, I, and I, and then I moved to LA for some reason in particular. <laughs> I could have stayed in Japan and be very happy, but L.A.
0: called. I mean, when L.A. calls, you've got to accept the (laughs) charges. I kind of appreciate how little it takes itself seriously. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the nature of... um, 21st century criticism is we take things that don't take themselves seriously and apply a filter of serious logic to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not, no, that's, that's part of the fun. But yeah. we, we, we—it all comes from a place of love because, oh, as preposterous as it is, um, it's uh, a film that I really, really loved growing up and that I, I think holds up surprisingly well in some ways. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. The cultural insensitivity is obviously an issue and yeah. there are a few things that... And, and I must admit, I noticed this when I was a kid. Uh, the, the main bad guy, Yoshida, he's crushing a the nightclub owner in his car. Hmm. Uh, and it cuts from an actual guy sitting in a car in a car crushing machine to a completely static and lifeless dummy in a car crushing machine back to the, the live guy. And, and, and it's just totally because they haven't even started crushing the car yet. There's no reason why the guy can't be in there. Uh, But it's very, very conspicuously and very, very clearly um, a dummy that's just not moving at all. Despite the character (laughs) Talking in a very animated way yeah. <laughs> on the soundtrack, <laughs> yeah, and he's screaming and everything. Oh, but, it's brilliant! Um, uh, but they use the back of Tatsu from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles head to yeah. obscure <laughs> that it's in the wide <laughs> shot.
1: <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about uh, Yoshida as a villain because I think he's great in this. I think he's uh, again, he's this ruthless, horrific, you know, uh, you know, very sexually aggressive, um dark, disturbing, like ev- every. Every scene he's in, uh, and Chang Sung, uh, as we'll call him, <laughs> um, is 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 fantastic in it. He's like he's brilliant. He's you know th- those eyes and the tap. Like I mean, take a drink every time Yoshida gets his shirt ripped off to show off his tattoos because I mean
0: that's very impressive work. I'm not. Oh yeah. they they, they uh, wanted to showcase it, but yeah, he's he's uh, very much um, a paragon of this sort of. Villains don't need to be sympathetic. I don't. Not every villain has to be Thanos, you know. No. I don't. Or I Magneto. Don't, yeah, I yeah. don't necessarily want to. It's it's nice to have that flavor yeah. of villain, but every now and then I just want to have someone who's a bit of a shit, a real and, bastard. Yeah, a real bastard, and and who enjoys being a real shit, and who who has no real um yeah. nuance to their personality no relatability. yeah yeah cuz cuz there are people like that and 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 you know they they have their goals as this character clearly yeah. does and they have things they want and they're completely self-interested and that's it yeah um and i think it's fine to have that i don't I, and and again that's another thing that's kind of Arisen of late, when villains don't have uh, a, a compelling backstory or mm. uh, a, a point of empathy, mm. we call it lazy, and I just think that's a bit disingenuous.
1: No, I, I think you need you need like look at look at you know everyone loves the Emperor from Star Wars, and yeah. he, and we know fuck all about him. Yeah. Even though he's, a, he's just an evil wizard bastard. Evil you know, wizard bastard. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's how I'd describe him. Evil wizard bastard. Good. You know, um, and, you know, that, uh, you know, he's, he's been used and reused. He's appeared in every single fucking Star Wars trilogy. All of them. Yeah. You know, in some form because he's that evil and, and good a villain that you don't, you don't need to know the rest. You no, don't, need you don't. To.
0: And, and I, I quite admire that even though they gave him backstory in the prequels, They didn't make him at all empathetic. No. They just added context. They were just like, he's a
1: politician. He's not empathetic at all. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, he's like, he's really old. Like, obviously, the actor has aged. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? You don't get, like, the young emperor. You don't get the young, you know, his, his, you know, or what it was like to become the emperor or anything like that. You just get, oh, he's he's older there and he's slightly older in the next Give one. Give it five years. Disney Plus will have an exclusive. Oh, no, don't do <laughs> it. mini
0: miniseries. Yeah.
1: I, well, I, I, I said this on a on a podcast recently that is yet to be released, but there's something about giving too much of the backstory of her character and ruining that mystique. Yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about it on your podcast on Nerdify about, like, when First Class took mystique and gave her that, you know, she was the sister of Xavier and all that sort of you stuff. You ruined mystique's mystique. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you quoted me exactly. Um, and, and yeah, and there's, there's something to that. And I'm glad that we don't get too much of a backstory for Yoshida mm. because... You know, I would like maybe a little bit more like why was he killing his parents and, you know, maybe something like that. Maybe give it a reason, um, you know, or maybe how he got away, how. Kenner got away in that situation. It doesn't rob the film of anything. No, you know. it doesn't. It's still it's still all good. It's still good. And and you know he's got these really di- like every scene that Yoshida is in is kind of disturbing in some form. Yeah. You know exactly. he's either he's either you know assaulting a woman, you know raping a woman, cutting their heads off. You know he's cutting a guy's arm off, or he's you know he's trying to kill Kenner or Johnny mm. um, within the scene. And you know that, I think he's just got this confidence it's almost like he's on the outside is this this cold like hard kind of katana steel but inside he's just uh, almost like a dragon just full of rage and fire and it's just like it's just just uh, just breaking on that layer of skin just wanting to burst out but he's like no I know what I'm doing. And then only until like the end where he's like absolutely panics and he's like, yeah, get my sword out. Yeah, I do get that, yeah. But yeah, and and I, I think he's great. And again, uh, the scene where he, he makes uh, one of his henchmen, obviously Kenner breaks in and saves Tia Carrera who's about to commit seppuku on herself and commit ritualistic suicide as described by Kenner in the film because he knows about Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so he explains every little thing in the film. Um, and he rescues her, stops her from doing it. And then his henchman's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. And then we've talked about this before in the previous podcast about the Yubitsume where they cut off the little finger. Um, And he does that for, for Yoshida, his henchman. And then Yoshida's like, that's not really enough. Yeah! Stabs him to death.
0: I love that he folds it up into a napkin and then offers it to him like it's a <laughs> like it's a little sort of you know a, a, a little comestible snack.
1: Yeah, and he folds it as well. Folds it yeah. really nicely. Even and he it's like um, in battles without honor and humanity, which we did in this month as well. It's like when he cut the finger off, he was like yeah, like running everywhere, blood going
0: everywhere, and this it was just like. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> I remember being incredibly like impressed by his restraint in mm. that uh, in that scene. And there's also a bit where uh, where they've got the uh, the accused guy in custody uh, at the start of the film, mm. and he breaks his own neck. Yeah, which I I don't know to this day if that's physically possible. I know they, course, they did this yeah. whole like Frank Miller that. Joker thing where he like twists, twists his own, his own, own neck, neck till it yeah. breaks. Um, I mean but, that's not happened to me yet, so no, I'll, I'll keep trying. <laughs> Have you ever been to see a chiropractor? Uh,
1: no, probably I should. I think,
0: mate, when they they do that shit to you, they like grab your head yeah. and then they twist it. And, and like, I I I genuinely I went to see one because I, I injured myself wow. doing martial arts actually. Oh wow! Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I was way too old. Basically, <laughs> I, I tried to get into it. In my back into it in my early thirties, yeah. and no, too oh, old. Not having it. Too old. No. No. You can't do it. You can't do it's got, it. When it's got to be a life of training, I when, guess. When you're either. 31, there's these like 19 year old guys in peak fitness. I basically got punched right on the jaw and my vertebrae just went pop, 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 all the oh. way down. <laughs> oh, mate, it was agonizing. Oh, so, yeah, I need to see a chiropractor and he basically just like, yeah. and, and I, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm not. I'm okay.
1: Um, yeah. um on what on uh, i think the first uh, the first podcast i did with angry andy reviews uh, we talked about a moment where he 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 used to come in and ritualistically kill everyone as like you know like yeah yeah throw grenades at you and pff, the guns would go off you know obviously in pretend it's all it's all acting it's all acting like in it? spaced yeah yeah kind of oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> that that was his thing um And he grabbed my neck and was like, and just went, and just went, yeah, with it, like, to pretend. But actually, my neck cracked very loudly. Yeah, And I was like, I think you've broken my neck. And I'm looking at him like... I think you've killed me and he's looking at me like I think I've killed you you need to be nice
0: to your neck yeah I should I should be nicer to unless you're a qualified chiropractor
1: also clearly I should be nicer to Andy um, so he doesn't break (laughs) my neck Um, because it's definitely within his wheelhouse Um, it's definitely something he could do Um, (laughs) at least you found something he likes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good point yeah he doesn't like a lot of things but uh it's, it's very very Maybe few of his mates ma- All good. Ma- no his friends are good he's good he's a big softy he's a big softy really um but yeah i yeah i have a lot of fun with this film i think there's i think it would make a really good uh speaking of angry andy i think it'd make a really good double bill with the film we covered over christmas i come in peace uh which was dolph lundgren with a partner he doesn't get on with because he's a bit too straight-laced, and uh, and then there's a predator-like alien that they have to fight who's trying to sample an exclusive bit of drugs from human beings.
0: How normal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> What's a predator-like plots?
0: alien-like?
1: He's a, uh, much like Dolph Lundgren, he's a European and uh, massive. Okay. <laughs> and a martial artist. Okay. Uh, so just it's got... not
0: like a Mac and Me kind of No, design. no,
1: no. No, <laughs> no he's, he looks human. He's okay. just got this big like, white hair and he's got this kind of like, because um, I think he's after endorphins, so they take the drugs and then when no, he, no, injects them with drugs, that's it, and then and then harvest their endorphins because that's a better drug okay. intergalactically. So, yeah, it's, uh, you should t- check that podcast out. Check that film out. I so should. I I I'll, I'll, I'll
0: take your uh, We Come In Peace and I'll raise you a rapid fire. All right. Which is um, Deal. an excellent Brandon Lee film. And it's got Powers Booth being his Powers booth. Oh, yeah. I do like a bit of Powers with Booth. With all of his Powers Booth sincerity. He has the power. Yeah, it's really good. And I don't know how ironically I mean that um, because I haven't seen it since I was 16 but um, so it'll be great it'll be the, great the, the, the fight choreography in that is um, I'd say even better than the fight choreography in Showdown in yeah. Tokyo
1: what, what did you think of the fight choreography because again we were watching a bit of YouTube and they were quite critical of the fight choreography what do you think
0: I mean I uh, at the time I really liked it um, the, obviously like it depends what you if you're going for grounded realism that is total bollocks because yeah, absolutely. you wouldn't open a fight by doing a backflip um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I've, yeah. I, as uh, it's, it was flashy and very, very nineties in its sort of ostentatiousness. Mm. Um, and I think there's a really good juxtaposition with, because obviously, uh, I think Dolph Lundgren was a karate guy. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. so obviously everything he does is very stiff and very linear. Mm. Uh, whereas, uh, Brandon was obviously, uh, from a Chinese martial arts background, mm. um, be like water. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. much more fluid and kind mm. of agile. Um, so uh, he does a little bit of a screamer, I believe, as well, with the sticks. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, I I really liked it. I thought it was cool. And... Mm. Um, It was... uh, Yeah, it was... Sorry. Um, No, It's It's good, good, basically.
1: It is good. I I think it's one of the few films that we have of Brandon Lee, obviously, tragically. Yes. The late Brandon Lee. Um, I'm a massive fan of The Crow. I love The Crow. Uh, And also its sequel, Daredevil, uh, by Mark Mark Stephen Johnson, which is... Blatant ripoff of The Crow, if you've ever seen it, but I still kind of like it. Have uh, you seen
0: any of the uh, sequels?
1: Uh, I saw City of Angels yes. and I thought it was dreadful because it was cut to pieces. Uh, but
0: again, there's there's a good film in there trying to get out. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Trying to muscle its way past Iggy Pop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and David Goya's script. Uh it's not the best David script. It's a David script. Goya. Oh, it is goodness. a David Goya. It's one of his earliest comic book attempts. Okay. Um yeah, not as successful as most of them. But uh yeah, and I think there's something to it. There's definitely something there. But again, like you said, it's just been it was ruined and cut and you know. Um I can't say I've watched I want to say, did I watch the third one, or fourth one, or fifth one? Um, I didn't see the Edward Furlong one. Because with...
0: that, that one was meant to be really good. Yeah. Uh, Kirsten Dunst was in it as well, wasn't she? Yeah, and
1: then one of them was the guy from Nip Tuck, I think. Okay. I think one of them, he was the crow. Um, I've read a lot of the comic book sequels and mm-hmm. by James O'Barr, who his you know, he's great um and I like I like that every story has a different person as the crow yeah um, effectively well not the crow but the person the crow resurrects yeah technically. Yeah. um so there was one it's where, like Shazam yeah but yeah <laughs> kind of yeah sort of thing and uh, I like the one where there was one set in um like Auschwitz which I thought was really cool That is um, cool and then there was one where it was a little girl who'd been murdered and she came back she was trying to get this police officer to uh basically solve the murder that's awesome which I thought again it's like a different take and And that's what the brilliant thing about The Crow is you can do that. Unfortunately, the films just haven't nailed that. And they seem to be, for some reason, determined to get a Crow movie out for for God help them. Like, Jason
0: Momoa... As much as I love Jason Momoa, no. No, it's not... I I adore Jason Momoa, and he is a force of nature, and he just seems to be the most lovable dude on the planet, but... No, no, that's just he doesn't come across as like the Grim Reaper, and I think you, you've got
1: a you've got to have that kind of aspect of like. Don't get me wrong, like Brandon Lee is ripped, mm. but I still got a, a sense that he could be underneath that big jacket could be very like withered and like skeletal. Yeah, you know, um, I think there,
0: I, I, he's got that kind of rock star vibe, which I think was what they probably saw in him. Oh yeah, which makes sense, but like, yeah, yeah I, I just don't, I, I just don't think it's He has the right. Set of attributes for that for Eric Draven. If we're going with the yeah. Eric Draven, yeah,
1: the, yeah, the Eric Draven rock star kind of goth thing going on. I did hear that the TV show The Crows st- with
0: Mark DeCassos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. Was, I saw the pilot and it yeah. was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I love him because like you're a big fan of uh, Crime Freeman. Yes, which which I really like as and well. He,
0: and he looks quite a lot like Brandon as well. Like, yeah, or, or
1: he did like when he was young. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. And I think it was called Stairway to Heaven. I want to say. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've heard that's really good. It for, is good, for yeah. The, yeah. The, the show itself, and um, did it have a season? Was it like a series? Or
0: uh, I only saw the pilot because okay. this was back in the day when yeah. you just saw that shit on video, where you'd yeah, like true. cobble two episodes together and call it a film, and then put mm. it on VHS. Yeah, I remember but, those days. But the the it's interesting we bring up the crow because um, the whole thing because originally this this sat on a shelf for quite some time, mm. and it was only when the crow happened and Brandon Lee died and. And fans who were attracted to Brandon Lee through his performance in that film were kind of like, well, what else has he done? Yeah. Um, Were interested in his back catalogue. And so they kind of put this out on VHS and that's where it found its audience because it didn't find a big audience theatrically. Hmm. Um, And and that's exactly how I found the film. I I remember very vividly being sort of like 14, 15. And um, because The Crow is so um, shadowy in its cinematography and he's wearing makeup all the time, I was like, I don't actually know what this dude looks like. Yeah. So I remember like look, trying to find his old films because I was like, I really want to know like what he, what this guy looks like mm. because I've not actually seen his face. Um, so I found Rapid I no, that's it. Rapid Fire just happened to be on TV ah. and I recorded that. And then uh, that was my sort of like bread and butter. Uh, whenever I had a few minutes, I'd watch the fight scenes out of that film. And uh, then I just happened upon Showdown in Little Tokyo. And uh, that's how my love affair with the film started.
1: Well, I mean that—that's. It sounds like he has a kind of a really decent trilogy with this, Rapid Fire and the Crow. Yeah, like, if you want to, if you want to do a Brandon Lee binge. It sounds like that's that's the way you go and that's the order you're going. That's how, you of, binge, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: how you Brandon binge, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> how you Brandon binge. Um but yeah, it uh, like I, I think he's an excellent entertainer. It's a real shame that he's, you know, not around anymore, but um but the stuff he the stuff he did create and the stuff he has is is excellent. Like I yeah. said, I've not seen Rapid Fire so I can't say, but I like Showdown. I think
0: it's right in your wheelhouse. It's oh, very yeah. much in the uh, in the Secret Boars kind of wheelhouse. Excellent, excellent. Uh well, I mean, who how knows has Booth's in it? What yeah, I mean,
1: want? that's it. That's, that's all I want in a film is just more powers, Booth. More powers to him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely a contender. We can definitely come back and have a look at uh, Rapid Fire or, or even Crime Freeman if you wanted with something. Yeah. In the in the in the in the pipeline, we could do something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, or oh, 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 mate, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, good shout! I'm the director of Crying yeah. Freeman, because that's got so many different influences from sort of German Expressionism to Silent Hill to martial- <laughs> and and, Native and, and, American, and Christoph Christoph yeah. Gann actually did end up directing the Silent yeah. Hill film.
1: It's uh, got um, what's his name, the evil French guy who's in evil in everything. What's his name? Vincent Vincent Cassell. That's the
0: one. Yeah, yeah, Black Swan. <laughs>
1: Black Swan. That's him. Yeah, he's just evil in everything because that's. Just how he looks. Have you seen Irreversible? No, and part of me doesn't want to see that film.
0: You do though. Like do it's I? not, it's not an easy watch. But no, it's definitely. You'll, you'll be glad you saw it. Yeah, I think it's an important. Yeah. Watch. Oh, absolutely. I, I think
1: that's one of those. I think that's one of those films where I'm like, I've got to have a good mental health day before yeah. I I tackle maybe something like that. Yeah. Um. But I've heard very very good things. But also I hear like, oh my god, have you seen it? Oh my god. Yeah. So so part of me is like, yeah, okay, maybe on the right day, or if I go, you know, it was like I remember when it was like I watched uh, Kevin Bacon's The Woodsman. Yeah. That's very much not a film you put on on a Sunday night no. or something. You that's something you've got to really be ready for
0: it's uh horrible things are horrible things and need to be showcased as the horrible things they are absolutely um but there is a catharsis in being Mm. uh confronted with them
1: yeah and it's good that you recognize that the horrible things or you may in fact be a horrible person yeah there's
0: no ambiguity in that
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, I think this is. I think this film is good. I think it's fun if you if you like nineties action. Um, if you like Dolph Lundgren, if you like Brandon Lee, I think you there's a lot to find here. There's a lot to enjoy. Again, it doesn't stick around that long. So even no. if you even if you're not a massive fan, it's already over before you've even considered it. I did want to bring up one of my other favorite lines in the film. Again, this film is very quotable.
0: Like, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: All the all the kind of you know, and the, like you said, the lines. Aren't necessarily the best, but the actors make oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. and then, and they kind of use them in the best way. But my favorite line is uh, initially where he, where he uh, saves Tia Carrera, the, you know, the gorgeous Tia Carrera, I know where you're going, yeah, and and he's like, he puts her in his house and he's like, he's like, shoot anything that moves, and she's like, what if it's you? And he's like, you'll never see me coming. And then much later in the film, uh, there's a lot of gratuitous nudity in this film as well, there like, is, like we were saying, there's a lot of, um, in fact. So much so that one of the original screenwriters called the film misogynistic. Okay. Yeah. He felt, he felt that they'd taken the idea and, and put a lot of you know nude ladies on it and the ideas and the way the characters acted were misogynistic but I'm not sure if I agree with that but that's his interpretation but
0: yeah I think it's a valid reading yeah
1: I I can see I can see what he means but um, you know it's, as you much
0: know. as I'm defending this yeah. film
1: as much as we like this I film think there's grounds to oh yeah well, well we said again we've said it's it's problematic yeah. in several ways and you know that is included in that uh, again they kind of they kind of ginger Make this love story happen between Tia Carrera, who's the singer who was working with the girl who got killed, uh, and then she's you know attacked by Yoshida, and then he saves her. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the end, they kind of end up in a hot tub together, and then later they they have sex, and and the line she she you know just comes in like this lo- lovely little reprise. She goes, "I saw you coming." <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that's like, and it's kind of like sweet and disgusting and, and brilliant all at the same. There's another
0: line that I really like where um, he does the best job of mansplaining a gun. You point this in the direction <laughs> that things are. You pull the trigger, they fall down. Yeah, yeah, Go, got it, yeah. got it, you got it. Is that is that easy for you? Wow, thank goodness you were here to explain it to me, big thank strong you. white man. Yes, <laughs> I don't know how things work.
1: Um, yeah, um, but I think it's it's a fun film. I think if you if you're looking for a fun film, this is this is one. Again, don't go in expecting it to be the wokest of films you've ever seen. But, no, but I think this, there all is... The all the, <laughs> yeah, all although, the most nuanced. yeah. Although although
0: I think there is more to um, I think like look, looking back at it, there's more to Dolph Lundgren's performance. Yeah. going on than you'd initially think. Hmm. Really, because he is he isn't just this like big blonde muscular guy that you yeah. just point and shoot you know i think yeah. i think there is he was making choices there absolutely yeah i think he's, he's an he's an actor yeah you know? he's he's working with what he's got
1: and what he's got is massive uh <laughs> the biggest stick you've ever seen on the man the biggest muscles you've ever seen on a man uh, it is it's a blast if you're looking for that kind of thing if you're looking for kind of no holds barred kind of action movie and it really is no holds barred there's you know like we said You know, blood, you know, gore, bits and pieces falling off people. People exploding, massively exploding. (laughs) You know, uh, people being crushed in cars, but not really being crushed in cars. No. That's another thing. They were like, there's two or three occasions where again it's just I guess it's the trope isn't it the the, the villain goes I'm going to walk away but I'm sure you're dead <laughs> yeah it's defi- you're definitely dead even though I'm
0: walking away and looking in the other direction at least he videos them being tortured though and he's like right I'm going to go and watch this in my mm. car somehow <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just- I, I still don't know how they managed to broadcast that and receive it in the car <laughs> That's just a massive aerial, just yeah. big fuck off sky aerial. So obviously this is pre-internet. Yeah. So, and I mean that must
1: be used a lot of electricity just to shock them as well. Yeah, because they're really like.
0: Oh, I wouldn't want to see his belt, but everything was cheaper then, Dan.
1: Yeah, battery. I think it was cheaper
0: in 1991. Car batteries.
1: <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe it's a separate, two separate car batteries just hooking them up. But I do love how they escape that, where they just, it just breaks his restraints and then pushes him yeah. against
0: Brandon Lee oh, to a Oh, what are going to do? I'll just pull my hand out. Yeah. I, oh, this is actually quite easy. I'll just, yeah, there we go. Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> I forgot I had superhuman strength.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a fun, fun film. And I, I think it's a nice way to kind of cap off. Um, Yakuza month because we've had we've looked at the origins, we've looked at kind of comics, we've looked at all the the ritualistic stuff, the history of of the Yakuza and the Japanese culture, and and I've really enjoyed this year like looking at kind of Japanese cinema and 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 all that sort of stuff, and I've learned quite a lot. And I hope yeah. I hope a lot of people have learned a lot from this. It's as well. kind
0: of ironic this is coming right at the end because it it's actually would serve as a pretty good entry point yeah. into more serious. Yeah, uh, like fair. yakuza stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of it's it's
1: just the way it's fallen, unfortunately. But um that is the way it is. But
0: it, it it's definitely a, a
1: like considering what I've already looked at, and there's been like really manic stuff. There's been like really de- like depressing stuff. There's been you know comic books as well, and the kind of view on that, and uh, and then the. Kind of the the female perspective of the yakuza. So this is this is almost like a yeah. It's kind of it's a nice mix of stuff. I, I always like a bit of variety when I kind of compile these months and and luckily like most most of you guys are like really up for whatever I pick. But this this was all yours. This was all your choice. And I was like and I was well up for it when you when you said it. I was like
0: yes. Um thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I um I I, I forgot how much I enjoyed this film. Yeah, and it's been really nice to revisit. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah,
1: it's been it's been absolutely. Blast. So, Dan, you are on the social medias. I know you are. Uh, I am for my (laughs) sins. For your sins. Uh, As as much as you like and or loathe the social media, much like I. Um, You know, where can people find you if they want to
0: hear your opinions? You can find me on Twitter uh, at DLKetus. You can also find me on Instagram under the same at, uh, although. I'm just posting pictures of my hot toys Um, which is good shit though by all all means come and say hello Um, I I do try and be nice yes uh, because I think um, on Twitter especially it's important to be nice and receptive to people and uh, not a dick which is uh the antithesis of what i think the platform is engineered to make you into <laughs> well again I, I like i said i keep
1: my twitter circle very small i keep yeah. it i keep it within this kind of really nice podcast community of people supporting people and respecting each other and there's no, i can't i can't I, I can't remember a moment where everyone's gone well he's a complete dick or you know i disagree with him entirely like no yeah. one's had a like a Really harsh opinion. Everyone has opinions, you know. But again, we kind of we don't attack each other because of those opinions either. Yeah. It's like it's it's you
0: know, it's everyone's got a credible opinion, you know, you might not necessarily necessarily agree with it.
1: But it's there. Keep your um,
0: circle small. because it's like living in the city with rats. You know, you never, you never more than twenty <laughs> megabytes away from a raving transphobe or racist. Absolutely,
1: one hundred percent. And uh, you will find that. And uh, I was thinking the other day. I'm like thinking, what's probably the more, more toxic fandom? Is it the Spider Man fandom, or is it the Star Wars fandom? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Uh, I, I, I think, I think rather than debate that, I think you just got to look for the best of both. Um, As a DC fan, I feel (laughs) I'm uniquely qualified to say that you've just got to look for the best in, in, uh, as you say, keep your circle small, keep it carefully curated. And one bit of advice I would give is... If someone disagrees with you, you're not going to change their mind on Twitter. No, absolutely. No one ever went. You know what? I'm going to have a think about what yeah. I said because you're right. Yeah, it's it's not really the platform. <laughs> I'm going to rethink my prejudices and preconceptions. <laughs> said no one on Twitter. Yeah, ever. Totally.
1: And again, <laughs> totally, totally anonymous people have gone. Yeah,
0: totally going to change my mind now. Yeah, and
1: I'm going to come back in a new persona. Um, yes, totally not the space for that. But um, you can find me um on uh, Facebook. It's at Secret Balls. Twitter. It's. Uh, at Dan underscore Bores. On Instagram, it's at Spider Dan Secret balls. And don't forget to use the hashtag PrepareForPrattle uh, when you interact with us. For everything else you need to know about the podcast, swing over to Spider Dan and the Secret Bores on the World Wide Web. And I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, and Scott Hodgson for their continuing de- donations. Uh, it is very much appreciated and helps k- Prattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, Please consider it, Dan. It's been amazing to have you back on again, old podcast buddies from back in the day. It
0: is a pleasure to return to Prattle World. Oh, always.
1: I've, and uh, you know, it's 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 nice to remember those Nerdify days as well. It is; they, they it were great. Really they, they were really, great. really good. And it's uh, you know, it's a shame we don't have that anymore. But we, at least we've still got something here. We've got we've got a little sliver of it.
0: I would, re- I, I'm sure, at some point we could like hogtie Josh and get him back for a Nerdify reunion.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I I still think we could do our lost episode. I. Think think uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Fuck yeah! I'm yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, Our, uh, we did. Uh, what was it? Britcoms Top yeah, five yeah. Britcoms. Because
0: mine might have changed.
1: Oh, interesting. Since
0: 2017.
1: Yes. Well, I've I've saved the logo for the podcast as well. So if you did want to do it, I can use. Oh, that. you
0: fucking beauty! Nice yeah, one. I would, okay. I would
1: absolutely <laughs> use the logo for the for the lost episode. So superb. We could definitely we can definitely do that. Even if it's on a Zoom, we can do a Zoom. You know, we do do we do D and E. We do we can do that. Yeah, 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 We can organize that. So so yeah, let me know. And I I think i think we can definitely we can definitely put that in somewhere down that that'll be fab and groovy yeah yeah i'm absolutely up for that well guys i hope you've enjoyed yakuza month as much as i have i've really enjoyed it i also really enjoyed samurai month um and after samurai after yakuza month you're going to get directly after it after it finishes you're going to get shock phobia fest so all october long you are going to podcast a week on on all your favourite horror movies or underappreciated horror movies and comics. Um, I'm sure you'll love it as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm almost done. I've got one more left to record, but everything else is edited, ready to go. So it's going to be very exciting. So eight podcasts in a row mental fuck one a week that's you know i've i've got ahead of myself somehow i don't know how i've done it but i've I managed to do it um and there's going to be much more there's going to be a couple in november i'm just organizing now and then we've got all of alternativity stories all the alternate alternative uh, holiday season stories that we can bring out so uh, so somebody's yeah somebody's organized Somebody is fucking busy, I will tell you that. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all ready. It's all off, off in, off in the future. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be really, really cool. And uh, I mean, you were you are one of my podcast inspirations, Dan. So it's all
0: oh, thank you.
1: Part of that is is down to, is down to you and, and and getting me into the old podcasting. world That's incredibly
0: well. humbling. Um, I wish I'd prepared better. <laughs> <laughs> but thank no, you. That no, really you, means a lot. You, um, pre- you prepared. It's more been. Than enough. It's been. It, it's always wonderful when. The student can surpass the master. Mm. Um, it's been wonderful to see all the stuff you've uh, done with this podcast and the wonderful community that you've uh, created. Oh, man. Thank um, you so much. So, I really yeah, appreciate it. Fantastic. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, being on the show again soon.
1: Yes. We've drunk too much beer. Can you tell? um <laughs> No, we're just gushing now.
0: But thank you, guys. It's been great. I hope you
1: enjoyed it. We've got a lot of stuff coming up next year and this year already. So, yeah, keep tuned. Uh, Stay tuned, more like keep tuned. (laughs) Keep your guitars tuned. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) again, we've been drinking. It's fine. Uh, It's what we do sometimes um, in a healthy way. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.